Hi, and welcome to Rescuing Churches. If you love pastoral life, ministry, and church revitalization, this is a great place to join the discussion about why the local church matters, how we can help the ones that are in decline, and be an encouragement to their pastors along the way. We'll even get to hear stories from special guests about what God is doing in the church at large. This show is hosted by two guys who serve the local church and is for everyone within the local church. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's go. Everybody. Hope you're enjoying your pre- preparations for the summer. And uh, this is the 614 podcast called Rescuing Churches. And this is not Joshua Givens. But obviously. Yes. <laughs> Painfully, that, obviously. That annoying nasal voice across the desk is my son, Joshua. And uh, today I get to open up and share uh, sort of where we're going today with our podcast. Josh is Got this wonderful blog, jdgivens.com blog, and he put up a blog post not too long ago that, that talks about the communication techniques for healthy churches uh, in 2021. And, and the idea, as I understand, Josh, is we're coming out of crazy COVID year, uh, post-pandemic, uh, everything's different. We've had to streamline, rearrange, redo, rethink, rework every little bit of everything in the church. And that's been healthy for churches. I've found it to be extremely healthy for our local church here and the ones that you and I are working with. Very we've, much so. We've seen uh, God do some pretty crazy good stuff on that. And I think some of the stuff in our culture, which we'll eventually get into with some other pastors right. one of these days on our podcast, our culture itself being subdivided, 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 almost tribally subdivided is helping churches uh, define themselves a little stronger as well. Very much so. But I know you have a heart for communications, and you're uh, really good at that for our church and for our ministry at 614, and you help several other churches. And you're believing that coming out of this, coming into the summer with post-pandemic stuff behind us, trying to get back to some sense of normalcy, um, you're believing that uh, healthy churches should have certain techniques uh, things they're doing that are a little more streamlined, but very purposeful and right. very effective. Exactly. And uh, so we're going to talk about some of those and please, making please sure, streamline whenever possible. Keep it simple. making sure we got the gospel in the center of what we're doing. Making sure the church is standing on the right foundations and all that's very important. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, the church really does need to have in, in its very best ability. Uh, it needs to have a good communication system uh, going and, and the outlets and all that. So let's talk about these. Uh, t- you just list three tools, three techniques and strategies here for healthy churches uh, for the remainder of 2021. And I think it, I think you've been having some dialogue with some of your other comms friends and people that you spend time with. So let's get into those. Number one, you say that multiple channels and outlets for information and access should be available for the church. So when we streamlined, some of our churches kind of pulled everything back to just maybe one, just Facebook. Just one platform. Facebook sort of got right. the, the bulk of that. Right. But you're saying, if possible, need to try to expand that a little bit. Now. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. So a, a lot of churches that did that, um, and a lot of the churches that are pastors that are probably listening to this podcast were some of them I, I know, um, you know, just from personal experience with us helping them, some of them were in this category. Um, you just, just because of the fact that they were understaffed, some of them had to do that. They, yeah, they didn't sure. have a choice. Um, and then you had some churches that were in very like rural areas. Um, you know, they suffered because they only had one platform to begin with. And so when all of that hit and they didn't have anything to do, it was like, Oh, well, we can't even manage that because we're handling crisis management over here with all this COVID stuff. Right. So now no, nobody that's going to our church even knows what's going on. Correct. Um, you know, and then a lot of people, like you said, backed off completely. So it was kind of a whole thing, different thing for a lot of people. And, um, a, a lot of people didn't know where to turn to find out what was happening. They didn't know whether or not their church was going to be online to stream and stuff like that. So, um, I yeah, would say we've we've noticed a number of churches haven't updated their stuff in a while. Yes, their, their exactly. online presence, whether it's their website, right. uh, we had to go back and do some of that for ours. We did, we did, so. and at some of those at some of those rural churches, what's actually really interesting there is you know, and, and I think a lot of people don't think through stuff like this. Um, you do as a small church pastor because you you know um, other small church pastors, and you, and you would tend to think through this, but. Um, one thing that I think gets overlooked a lot is that in some of those really rural areas, um, you know, it's like if there's no Facebook presence for the church or website or something like that, there, there are still churches out there where when COVID hit and it was a, Hey, are we even going to have church on Sunday? Your only option is to either go visit the pastor's house or call him on his personal cell phone. If you even have the number or just show up in the parking lot Sunday and see if, see it, if anything happens. See if a note's attached to the door yes. that says we're not there, having church. There are, or we are still having church. churches like that. Mask required, mask not required. Believe it or not, coming. yes, even in 2021, there right. are still rural churches in America that are in that boat. And right. so they had to deal with all of that. Yeah. Um, now, and then some of them had to figure out, okay, we got to get on mm-hmm. something digital here during this whole deal. So, um, I do think, you know, as I, point out here um in the post you now that this this whole year to a year and a half has kind of moved on we can get back to a place where churches that either only had uh one or in some cases none um but only had about one digital platform can try to move towards having more than one right and they can get back to a place where it's like okay now we have our our website and our facebook page or we have our website, our Facebook page, and our um, our YouTube platform or our um, our Instagram platform, um, and it's it's more than one place for people to be able to access the information about your church, more than one place where they can message you, more than one place where they can ask questions, right? And make sure that there is either whether it's one person or more than one person running all that, because you don't want a message to be responded to real quickly on Facebook, but then something over on your church's email or your website, if it has a messaging option to sit for like a month and nobody ever touch it. Right. You don't want that to happen. Right. And you're saying even, even some churches may still need some print media. Let's let's put aside that if you came back from during COVID, you may have 
church I was at today, they, they stopped printing their bulletin during COVID. And now they've decided maybe we just don't need to do that because we're using these screens now because right. they put up a TV. Yep. So maybe we can just do that on the screen. Well, that's, that's them making the adjustments you're talking about. Yes. But churches need to think through that. You may need to, if you have people that, you know, really love, need those bulletins to take oh, yeah, home yeah. and remember things by because they're not going to write it down on their phone. To, you've got to take that into consideration. Yeah, they're not going to write it down on their phone. If they're not going to make their own notes. If you've got a demographic that still, and you've got to measure that demographic, measure that demographic and say, is it enough to justify mm-hmm. still continuing to do X, Y, or Z, the bulletin, um, you know, the, I mean, you know, you've got some churches and it's, it's, you know, I I mentioned it later, but like with Twitter, you know, it's like, there's, there's a lot of churches out there that don't need to be on Twitter because they don't have enough followers to justify it. They might think, Hey, we, we should be on there because we're on Facebook and Instagram, but it's like, no, you really don't. Because if you can't justify it then just don't worry about it, you know, if you have enough people for it later on down the road, then that's fine. Figure out a way to manage it. But for now, just focus on what you can handle and what your demographics are telling you they need. Yeah, and you can modify all of that. I'm thinking about even if it's when, a bulletin. When we first cut our bulletin, when we first decided, a lot of people are keeping up with us on online. Your, your work with doing our web page got improved. Um, we were we were putting things. We had um, projectors, so we're putting announcements on screens in our small sanctuary. We're making all that available. So during before, during, and after church, you're seeing the announcements. So we're thinking, why are we wasting money printing bulletins? So, you know, I remember making the decision, let's just not print a bulletin this coming week. Well, there, was, there was a senior citizen class that had a cow. Yeah, yeah. They freaked out. Several small cows. <laughs> right. And and I had to actually. <laughs> Several small sacred eat, cows. <laughs> yeah, I had to eat crow. <laughs> just keep that analogy going from the farm. I had to eat crow for a little bit. And so the, the solution for that was real simple, though. Instead of going back to printing 110 bulletins a week like we were doing, yep. let's print. 15 bulletins for, for the senior class. citizen Sunday yep. school class, exactly. lay them on their Sunday school desk. Yep. Uh, when they come in, here's where they get their bulletins and they get all the print material they want. And everybody else is working off phones and, the, and screens. And the, and the reason that we did that is because of that demographic. And it's, it's exactly what we were saying a second ago. You measure the demographic. That particular demographic is not accessing or engaging all that digital right. stuff that you're talking about right there. Yeah. Even the stuff that's in the sanctuary to them, that stuff that's on the screen is not in their world. They might catch it out of the corner of their eye or right. hear you making the announcement, but it doesn't really, it, it doesn't engage with them as that physical thing they can hold in their hand. And they live, however, they lived for, can't wait to get to church to read the bulletin. Right. <laughs> see, exactly. You know, yep. see, see what's on the next upcoming schedule and see, yep. see what the little devotional in the bulletin is. And, you know, see whatever we've printed in there. So yeah, every single church is unique is, is one of the things that I really want to push with that point. And every single church is going to have unique needs and every demographic within every unique church is going to have unique needs. So the general rule of thumb is the more channels, the better. Yeah. So if you have time this summer, let's update your, your media presentations to another few platforms. Let's yes. try to get another couple in there and you can, you can email Josh or call him uh, on our 614 line and, uh, get in touch with him and he'll help you with any of that you want to help with. And we don't want to overwhelm any of the pastors who are trying to do it by yourself. I, I tell you again, as your pastors, there's probably a high school kid that would be happy to help you with that yep. and help you keep it going. If you will just oversee it with him. So, right. Exactly. Or a young college kid or whatever. So, exactly. um, number two, you say, as far as improving some of your techniques is you need to be sure you have relevant messaging, relevant 
messaging. Yes, please let your message messaging be relevant, which means that it is specific to uh, the people that you're getting the message to. So, um, and, and I, I think that this is something that's become even more important. It was important before COVID, you know, but it, this is even more important now after all the COVID craziness. People don't have time for things that don't apply to them. And that was true before COVID, but it's even more true now because they really want to make sure, okay, I, I need, if there are announcements specifically for me, from church, I want those announcements, but I don't want everybody else's. Right. Um, you know, now if you're in the service and you're going to hear every announcement, sure. then that's just the way it is. Sure. Um, but if it's from your digital and social media platforms, that's a little bit different, and you can actually find ways to do to target certain demographics. Um, so, like, if you're going to send out a group text, which is a great idea, you don't need to. And if it's you know a group text for your senior saints at your church um, about an upcoming event, that's for them you probably shouldn't include all of the singles and the young people and the millennials and the college students in that group text or all these other people that go to your church that that event doesn't even apply to because they're going to get that group text and go, well, I wouldn't even go to that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Um, so make sure that you only target specific demographics. Make sure the messaging is relevant to that specific group. Um, when it comes to your social media posts, you can always tag specific people down in the comment threads too. So even though the post is going to be seen probably by a whole bunch of people who are visiting the page, right? You can actually tag if it's like say a student ministry event. Sure. You could tag all the, the teams yep. in the comment section, and they'll see it. Mm -hmm. And um, if it's a student ministry event where parents need to know pertinent information, um, like the fact that there's going to be a little bit of a cost or, Hey, parents, you need to pick your kids up by a certain time or whatever. You could tag the parents if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, so that kind of thing goes a long way in cutting out all the, the noise and it helps people filter out whatever's unnecessary to them. Yeah. And if it's a men's event, just target the men. Same it's thing. Women's yeah. event. You get the picture. Yeah. Exactly. Same thing. Same thing for everybody. Exactly. Very well. And then number three, you say that you can enhance, you should have enhanced, Visitor follow-up protocols. That's very complicated. Uh, point number three. Why is that Enhanced complicated? visitor follow-up <laughs> protocols. It's not complicated. I feel, I feel like I'm in a Mission Impossible <laughs> movie, and I'm talking to the technical guy across the table. You are, you are talking I, to the technical guy. Man. I know. That's what I'm saying. We're not in a Mission Impossible Visitor follow-up protocols. <laughs> like, what in the world? Okay, well, please little, tell, please yeah. tell me you're a pastor. Please tell me that when you have a visitor show up at church, which we did today, mm -hmm. have a visitor show up at our church who had never been here before, that that person is going to somebody's going to follow up with that person Correct. in some way. Correct. We we will should have found out what that person's name is and how we can stay in touch with them while they were here. Sure, um, totally agree. Are they on Facebook? Do they want? I just like the wording enhanced. <laughs> Visitor follow-up protocols. It's just a way to say we need to make it. sounds get, like shield, doesn't <laughs> it to you? Sounds like shield. We need to get better <laughs> at it. Yeah. I totally agree though. I mean our church it's one of our things we talk about as a the, the newer staff members I keep talking with them about. We're not real good at getting right. the information we need so we can Which follow. is part of the reason that I thought about this. Yeah. Um yeah. and with Cause, with cause COVID cuz you you thought of cuz we're so bad at it. Right. Exactly. Fantastic. Exactly. Fantastic. So with with COVID, it was like a, a lot of people um, were not doing visitor follow-ups before COVID. And if you weren't, um, 
you know, I think that COVID kind of uh, ramped it all up for pastors and they kind of saw, wow, if I wasn't following up with my visitors, it, you know, it, it, it's kind of that whole, you know, for the, for the longest time, it was the church was just the handful of people that were coming or nobody at all. And so then when a visitor would show up, you really took notice of it. And it was like, wow, yeah, we just got a visitor. Right. That's like that's like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that it kind of made us a little more, for lack of a better word, grateful for visitors, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we now see it through the lens of, you know, we can't we can't take the follow up process for granted. Right. Um, and so let's actually go after make sure that we connect with them in some way. Some churches use the connect card method. Other churches might just say, hey, we'd love to get you following us on social media. Sure. Um, do you have a phone number where we can stay in touch with you, an email address, that, which is kind of a less intrusive thing if they're not comfortable giving out their number right away? Yeah, well, the, the Connect card for us, we way simplified it to be basically just an email address. Just an email address. Yeah. yeah. If you want to give us your name and an email address, yep. the other things are available, but they're not. we're not asking you for those. If exactly. you just want to, so... I think I think the simpler that entrance is, the better. And yeah. then hopefully they're actually, as far as visitor protocol, hopefully you've got people that are greeting them that oh, yeah, have yeah, some yeah. sense of hosting gift. And it's, yep. I'll just tell you, you were just talking about it in a small church. It's a delicate balance, very because when a when a when a new family or a new person shows up, you know, if your church is is hungry for that and values it. There's almost like a rush to greet them mm-hmm. and make them feel welcome. It's almost like an overwhelming thing. Yeah. So you, you sort of have to train them a little bit to go, hey, let's not all go charging over there at one time on, and surround on, them and, the new people. And, and, you know, try to make them welcome all at one time in a hurry. Yes. Because it's overwhelming. But then at the same time, let's not ignore them for the sense of not at least speaking to them. We don't want them to feel uncomfortable. So we're not going to talk to them. You know, and there's only, we're only going to let one person go across the room and talk. We should have several people interact if possible. If it's not awkward, several yeah. people should interact yeah, with exactly. your guest. Exactly. As far as interaction. And then how you get that information is, is the other deal is if one person is designed to go bring a connect card or at least ask, you know, would you, would you want to follow us on our social media or whatever? Yeah. And that, and your follow up process is going to be based on which, um, type of information they chose to leave behind. So let's say that they go with email. Um, your pastor can then reach out via email and stay connected with them that way. Maybe meet them for lunch, meet them for coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a, if it's a single dad who's working, you know, a job that 40 hour week job or whatever, you know, he can just say, Hey, when are you free for a lunch break? And I'll meet you, you know, near your job place for coffee or lunch or, right. you know, you pick the place. Um, you know, if you've got a, a new family that wants to meet or something like that, um, you know, or if they did decide to leave the phone number, you could text with them, stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of how that's going to work. Um, but yeah, I'll always perform a quick assessment of your, your follow-up process and see, yeah, if, you, and see if you even have one. <laughs> yeah. I would encourage you as time goes by, even, even if you're a very small church, maybe six or seven or 10 of you meeting. Um, two or three of you should just choose to be part of the hosting team. Yep. And you got to think through what it means to be a host. Um, we want our people to be comfortable. We want, we want guests to know where things are. So when they first walk in the door, do we, if they have children, do we need to help them to the nursery? Do we need to show them the restrooms? 
do we need to talk to them about what's what how our you know in a few minutes you're going to see uh, a countdown timer at our church you're going to see a countdown timer or in a few minutes you're going to hear some music play and that's going to be when everybody kind of start is seated host should you know meet new people and stand with them for a little bit and just get to know them and at the same time give them a little bit of information to help them get comfortable right um, and I, I think that's a big part of hosting that we tend to overlook sometimes. We think it's about getting that greeter card in their hand, making sure they, you know, sign their information and no. drop it into the offering no. plate. And, you know, I'll, I'll get you a donut if you want it or whatever. Yeah. But it's really more about let's build a relationship from the very beginning. It's let's, way more about the relationship. Yeah. Building. Let me just get to know you a little bit and let me be here to be with you. Yeah. I want to be a, a good host is. You know, I want you to feel comfortable in our house. Right, exactly. That's right? what a good host does. I want you to be comfortable in my house. And we use the spiritual gifts test to help determine, you know, who the good host and host yeah, are. Part, part of what I would say, on just just to uh, go one step further with what you're saying, if, if you're part of the hosting team, part of what you're trying to do with people who are coming to church for the first time is you're trying to help them with one of two things, because these are the two things that I believe it usually is for visitors for the very first time to a church, depending on what their background is, if they've never been to church in their whole life, if they've been out of church for a long time, if they're trying to find a new one, you're either trying to, you're trying to help them feel comfortable because they're either really anxious mm-hmm. or they're just really, um, you know, fearful of the, the church situation. Um, and, or, or it could just be a, you know, this, this is a brand new church experience for us and we don't know how this is going to go. Right. So that comfortableness factor that you're talking about is very important. Very important. Yeah. And, and I, I would say with today's church life, the way churches are working, there's so many varieties of churches now. Um, you can't walk into any church and assume it's going to go like you grew up with church or like church. You know, the last church you went to, this church will be totally different. Oh, yeah. And it so, usually is. <laughs> yeah. So a good host or hostess is going to, you know, just guide them for a few minutes to say, hey, just letting you know, you know, there's we have refreshments over here. If you want some, the restrooms are back here. Um, our our pastor, that's him wandering around the building looking like he's lost his mind. Uh, you know, kind of deal. He's probably looking for his notes or whatever. Right. Um, you know, this guy over here is one of our helpers and assistant pastors. And, you know, this lady helps you, know, you just point people out. Right. And, and then and then you would say, you know, and in a few minutes, you're going to hear some music start. And that'll kind of be when everybody wants to go sit down or whatever it is that your church's design is to get everybody in their seats ready for, you know, we'll open with prayer or announcements. I mean, just give them a clue so they feel comfortable enough to sit through that first little right. bit and not exactly. feel like something's going to be like, well, in this part where we call your name, you have to stand up and tell us all about you. you right. Know? Exactly. <laughs> you know? And then you're going to be baptized. You're like, what? <laughs> so, so I, I just think a good hosting moment like that is, is really important. And, oh yeah. It's huge. And, and getting the right people in the place to do that. You know, I think a few weeks ago, I sent somebody to greet somebody yep. that was new that may have been an overwhelming, it was an over greeter. Mm-hmm. We have some of those at our church. They're over greeters. Right. You know, they're just like so happy you're here. They're just all over you. Yeah. And they don't stop talking, blah, 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 you know, kind of deal. So I think I, we may have over greeted somebody, yep. you know, and I trust the Lord's going to send who he's supposed to, to our church. The Lord has the number of the church, not us. Exactly. But it is interesting to try to work through some of that and think through the values of that. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. So when it comes to all these communication methods, I, I would say that, um, you need to focus on establishing the relationships. And that's a big part of what we're the, the similar theme that you and I are hitting on here 
um, is the relationships with the people inside your church and inside the surrounding community. And in the process, don't be afraid, afraid to try something new. I mean, if one of these strategies doesn't work for you, that's okay. Try, try another one, you know, keep, keep trying until you find a communications strategy that works for your specific church. Right. Because right. every church is unique. And if you're, if you have, if you're fortunate enough to have a few newer families or newer people attending, uh, interview them, find out what was good for them, what was bad for them, ask them how we can improve. Um, and just be observant on Sundays as to how exactly. you're doing with that. Exactly. So, all right, let's wrap it out. And we're going to invite you to that Shepherd's Summit yes, that's coming up. Shepherd Very Summit. excited about the Shepherd's Summit. It is coming up um, later on this month. And so all the details are there on our website at 614ministries.org. You can check out that under the Shepherd Summit tab. All the payment information and the registration information is there. If you need to add somebody that you're going to be bringing with you, that option is there as well. And I think that's it for yep. all of that. Yep. Sounds good. All right. I'm Josh. That's Stan, silent partner Mike. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. You've been listening to Rescuing Churches, a discussion for the local church and its leaders. This show is brought to you by 614 Ministries. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 614Rebuild and visit us online at 614ministries.org. Also, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcast. Thanks for listening.